So here we go. We are recording. We're on some number episode. I don't even remember how many numbers we are. I have no idea. Time is a blur. No, we already did episode five. Episode six? Are we on six? She's busy stuffing mashed potatoes. Microwave mashed potatoes. Baby, you need to treat yourself better than that. No, she is treating herself. That's the point. (laughs) You deserve better. You know what you should have done? Is gone to Church's Chicken and gotten some real good honey butter biscuits. Those are powder. Are we talking about the biscuits? Are they the talking biscuits. about the potato? Oh no, fuck those potatoes. Potatoes are powder. Yeah. Why would those you say su- we're on the topic of potatoes? Why would you suggest something not potatoes? Oh my Jesus Christ. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Too Scared to Sleep. I'm Dylan. And I'm Jake. And Annabelle is stuffing her face with mashed potatoes so she can't speak right now. But, but she's here. Yeah, that's okay, though. So, this weekend, we went to a paranormal festival, and it was awesome. It was real cool, and we finally got to meet up with some people we've been talking to for a while. It was crazy. It was in San Antonio, and it was a free event. And if anything is free in San Antonio, that means that every single Mexican is going to show up. And we waited in line two and a half hours just to get in the door. Y'all did. I showed up late. You showed up late. I thought you were gonna like you weren't gonna be able to make it because you had to work. I did have to work, but I said, "Heck, you work," and then I zip zoomed on down there. I zip zoomed. So yeah, we had a really good time. There were um, it was a paranormal fest. It was sponsored by the Curious Twins in from San Antonio, and they had paranormal investigators. They had artists and artisans. I'm not sure what the difference between those two things are, but it's okay. It sounds sophisticated, right? When I yeah. say both. Uh, tarot card readers. They had a couple of mediums, and um, it was just really cool, but it was so packed in there. But we were able to connect and say hi in person to Mike Cardenas, who is the president um, and founder and CEO and head man in charge of the midnight paranormal society and that was really cool he was a really nice guy he's a really nice guy yeah because we're a bunch of idiots yeah we really don't know what we're doing not a clue but um yeah we've talked about it and we're definitely going to need a software um no hardware upgrade but once we do that we're going to have him on our show and we want to go on a paranormal investigation with him and be scared shitless what else oh the other cool thing that happened was we found out that there is a haunted saloon and jail not even 30 minutes away from where we sit right now. I know. I'm so excited. We got to talk with the lady who owns it, right? Yes, she does. Yeah, we got to talk to the owner of the saloon, of the saloon, and she was fully on board with us like going there and recording stuff. So we're really excited to go do that sometime. Yeah. Um, we also talked to a girl who owned, or her family owned, um... The jail. The jail. Yeah. Yeah, in the same area. Yeah, it was right by there. But they do a lot of tours and stuff there also. And she was real cool. She was dressed up as Freddy Krueger. Was that who she was? Yeah. I was trying not to stare. Yeah, it was Freddy Krueger. And that's one of the few times that I have found myself calling freddy krueger attractive. i thought you were gonna tell you were gonna say i was i was really sexually aroused by freddy krueger i would not say more that. than usual fair point don't lie <clears throat> why are you lying right now i'm not lying right now i'm just not admitting <laughs> no she was really cool it was she really was cool, cool. The both best, of them were cool yeah the best part about going to a haunted jail and a haunted uh saloon close by is that the um admission fee is 
very, very affordable. Yes. Because, I mean, we'd love to go to the Menger Hotel or we'd love to go to uh, some of the other places in, in, in the area, but they are expensive. They are, so you got to work on saving up. But hopefully that just means that it's worth it. Absolutely. What else went on? What else were you impressed by? Me? Yes. I was I was impressed by pretty much everything that was there. I mean, they had this cool wall of, like, uh, history on haunted toys and dolls oh, and right, stuff. that's right, the haunted toy exhibit. And they had a couple of the ones that we were familiar with and then some that we had no idea about. The venue itself was really cool. Like I said, meeting up with Midnight Paranormal was badass. Midnight Paranormal Society. They are my favorite people in the world. They're great. I love that guy. I love Mike. He's hilarious on Facebook. He posts a lot of really funny stuff that I that I follow through with. Nice. Anyway. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was excited to tell people about our podcast and get to, you know, networking basically, get some stuff hooked up and ideas for things we could do. I'm really excited for that saloon like haunted saloon tour. We're definitely gonna need to make a GoFundMe. Yeah, for sure. Or like a Patreon. Okay. Get off your phones, assholes, and pay attention to my story. Are you ready? I'm ready for a story. You fucking ready? I'm fucking ready. You better be. I'm ready. Lube up, because here we go. Oh, God. That's right. Okay. Today, I am going to be talking about the Amityville house. Lit. Which is my favorite thing in the world. Okay. As we go into this, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that you've heard before. I don't give a shit. Okay. I'm excited. This is one of the most well-documented haunted houses in the United States. We got books. You got television interviews. You've got uh, movies. Ryan Reynolds. Movies based on movies. And then movies that are deeply inaccurate. And then prequel movies. And then it's like, it's crazy. It's insane. But I, I, try, to, I try to get as much of the actual facts and try to stay as close to the actual story as I could. Um, but just so you know, I mean, it's just, it's so well documented. You're going to be like, oh, I know where that came from. Oh, I've heard that before. Just follow, follow me through. Okay. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the ride. Okay. Take me on a journey. There we go. The Amityville House is at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, Long Island, which is in New York. And um, the, the first time that anybody heard anything about it was because in November of 1974, at around 3 o'clock in the morning, a man by the name of Ronald DeFeo Jr., who was a 23-year-old man, murdered his parents and his four siblings with a lever-action rifle. Oh, that's rough. His four siblings were ages 18, 13, 12 and nine years old oof and he went into the house at around three o'clock in the morning and shot them all dead in their beds now it's just insane after that ronald defeo jr washed up changed clothes and waited until 6 30 p.m of the same day so like what is that 14 hours later yeah he ran to a bar where he used to hang out and said, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. I don't know. I mean, that's 14 hours before before he decided to um, to report it. He um, tried to suggest that his family had been killed by a mob hitman because he had some family members that were connected to the New York Mafia. Oh, okay. But they took him to the local police station and they started to interview him about any of the details that he had. And, of course, the way that investigations work, the family members are the first people that you're going to suspect. And so as the night progressed and the day progressed, it became apparent that his story 
did not connect very well. And so the following day, he confessed to carrying out the killings. He was quoted as saying, once I started, I just could not stop. It went by so fast. He admitted that he had taken a bath and redressed, and he had discarded evidence like his bloodstained clothes, and they found the rifle, and they found the rifle cartridges, and all this other stuff. So, uh, Ronald DeFeo was put on trial in October of 1975, and initially his lawyers tried to use an insanity defense. And, uh, of course, the lawyers have one psychiatrist or many psychiatrists who are going to evaluate a person to try to, you know, to try to strengthen this defense of insanity. But then the prosecution is also going to have psychiatrists that come along and do the same thing. So even though he's tried to say, oh, I don't remember exactly what happened, I think maybe I heard some voices trying to tell me that I needed to kill my family, the, uh, the prosecution's psychiatrist said that even though he had been using heroin and LSD oh, and that he combat. may have had or exactly he may have had antisocial personality disorder that he was aware of his actions at the time of the crime because of the of the fact that he took a shower and hid evidence and went to yeah, work I mean, as there usual there's a process after killing it wasn't just oh I'm going to shoot my whole family and then oh shit what did I just do right like, because he we know waited and he showered and got clean and then came up with a whole story and Absolutely, because we know people who have murdered people like that, and they go along with their lives, and they don't realize what they're doing. Like, they walk outside their doors, and they go and get the mail, and they're covered in blood. They just don't even realize And it. they don't even realize what they've done. I yeah. mean, that's insane. <clears throat> that's an insanity defense that's going to get you off the hook. Yeah. This one, not so much. No. There's, no. there's too much coherence. So during the process, and afterwards, after the trial... Um, Ronald DeFeo gave a lot of alternate versions and explanations throughout the years to try to get his case thrown out, to try to get his sentence uh, commuted, to try to get his sentence shortened, but none of them ever worked out. None of them ever saw the light of day. So the trial took about a month in November of 1975. He was found guilty of six counts of second-degree murder. And at the time, the judge sentenced him to six concurrent sentences of 25 years to life. Guys, Ronald DeFeo Jr., was born on September 26th. Today is his 76th birthday. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! He is 76 years old today, this guy. Good timing. And he is still in prison for the murder of his family. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Like, I I looked at that and I was like, wait, hold on a second. What day is today? It was insane. But anyway, yeah pretty badass happy birthday ronald defeo happy birthday i mean it'll be past his birthday by the time people hear this right but, but isn't that isn't that insane that's really cool for like it was just yeah. complete coincidence <clears throat> that today we would decide to record as opposed to yesterday when we were originally going to record yeah it were the day before or the day before but anyway so the house becomes vacated the amityville house mm-hmm. and another family comes along and these people were the lutzes george lutz and kathy who were married and divorced and remarried and then Kathy's uh, one, two, three kids, Daniel, who was nine years old, Christopher, who was seven, and Melissa, who they called Missy, she was five years old. And what they talk about, because there's, like I told you, the, the Lutzes have so many interviews, and of course they wrote a book about it, and then somebody wrote a counter book about it, and all this other stuff. But they interview a lot. The Lutzes have an interview where they talk about the realtor, showed them the house, and they really liked it because it was a really nice house. It was very well priced, obviously. Yeah. It had a boathouse, it had a pool, it had everything they wanted to look for on Long Island. But they told him, full disclosure, you know, um, there was a murder that happened here. But the family just, they felt like they wanted to. 
they wanted to try to they wanted to try to live there anyway despite its terrible history which i think i would do mm-hmm. you think so yeah now here's the creepiest creepiest part Okay, Ronald DeFeo gets sentenced in 1975, in December of 1975. They moved in in 1975, in December, about the same time. Damn. I know. I mean, there was very little turnaround. There was about 13 months difference between the time that the DeFeo family was murdered and then the Lutzes moved in. Only a year. So um, one of the first things that they did was, even though even though they weren't completely religious, Kathy Lutz was raised as a Catholic, and George Lutz had been married to a Catholic woman before, so they decided that they would have a priest come and bless the house when they first got there, especially the, the bedrooms, of course, where the family has been where the family was killed. That's a good idea. That was a smart move, right? Smart move. So. In one of the interviews, of course, and it's very famous because it's in all the movies and every single one of these movies, the priest goes up to this room and he goes to this one particular room to try to bless the house. And he starts to put his holy water, he, he sprinkles the holy water, and he starts to pray. And he heard a masculine voice demand that he get out. Oof. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. A masculine voice comes along and says, Get out. Now, one of the accounts of this incident says that he didn't say anything to the family except that that one particular room where it was that was where the the wife and the youngest daughter had been killed and he told the Lutzes don't let anyone sleep in that room you shouldn't let anybody sleep in that room so that became a sewing room or like you know, probably a junk room but um the rest of the family moved in and one of the accounts, like I said, of course, there's so many different versions of the story. One of the versions of the story says that he tried to warn them about the room over the telephone, but that the static, it went staticky and then it, went, and then it cut out, so he wasn't able to. Another version says that the same priest came back to try to continue the, the, the blessing and that he developed a high fever and he had blisters on his hands, similar to stigmata, which means oh, they were yeah. in the palms of his hands. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, like I said, take it with a grain of salt because sometimes it's there in these accounts, sometimes it's not. And you'll understand what I'm saying when I get to the to the end of it. The strangest part is that George and Kathy experienced very different paranormal experiences in the home. Oh, that's weird. And so did the children. And I'll just go ahead and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit the high points because we can talk about them as they did. George found himself waking up at three fifteen every morning and he would go check the boathouse for some reason, like he just like felt compelled to. Later on he would learn that this was estimated that the time the DeFeos were killed was around three o'clock in the morning. Even though they were there in December of nineteen seventy five in New York, upstate New York, the house was plagued by swarms of flies in different rooms, especially the room where the priest heard the get out. They would go into that room and there would just be flies everywhere. And they would walk out of the room and then they would come back in and the flies were gone. Oh, I don't they didn't like know that. where they were. I don't like that at all. Right? Kathy was having vivid nightmares about the murders and discovered the order in which they occurred and the rooms where they took place because of these nightmares. The Lutz children also began sleeping on their stomachs in the same way that the DeFeo children were found dead in their beds. Oh, not like in that way. Isn't that horrible? Here's the other thing. Remember, um, w- one of the other things was that from the beginning, from the very beginning, George always felt cold in the house. There were cold spots that other people would experience. I don't know why I just got cold myself. But George never could get warm. And um, that's also in, in one of the movie accounts, the original Amityville horror movie that has um, 
James Brolin and Margot Kidder. Yeah. In that the father becomes like this very deeply obsessed person. And one of the things they always show is that he just sits in front of the fire and he can't get warm no matter how close he is and no matter how much wood that he chops and how much wood he puts into the fireplace. He just never can get warm. That sounds perfect. So that actually happened to him. That's what he... uh, that's what he would experience. But Kathy would feel the sensation of, of being embraced in a loving manner by an unseen force at Ew. times. I like, mean, at least it's loving. But, I know. Uh. Isn't that weird? George discovered a small hidden room about four by five behind shelving in the basement. The walls were painted red and the room did not appear on the blueprints of the house. They started calling it the red room and they had a dog and the dog refused to go anywhere near this red room and cowered anywhere close to it. They were cold spots, like I said, odors of perfume at times and then odors of excrement in other areas of the house. Oh, gross. There were no wind drafts. There was no um, open sewer pipes or anything like that, but you just walked in to a certain spot and you'd have that cold spot or you'd smell like a woman's perfume like well who just walked through here or you'd smell like human waste it was disgusting surprise it's satan mm-hmm. while tending to a fire jordan kathy saw the image of a demon with half his head blown out and the image that demon head image burned into the soot into the back of the fireplace oh that's spooky here's the best part are you ready for this i'm so ready <laughs> i was born ready the five-year-old daughter missy developed an imaginary friend named jody a demonic pig-like creature with glowing red eyes no yes oh my god and she would sit and talk and and play with jody now here's the creepiest part and i remember this part because um one of the lutz boys has a um the oldest son has a documentary and it's on hulu right now it's called my amityville horror i know of it he talks all about his experiences and that's why no matter what anybody tells me some of it's got to be true because this guy gets on gets on screen and he talks about it and I don't think he's lying about it at all. But he talks about how George Lutz was his stepfather and how he just became obsessed with the house and he, he became obsessed and almost possessed by it. And there were times when George seemed to be possessed and would act very differently from his own, from his own regular uh, personality. Yeah, from his usual self. Right. So Daniel Lutz talks about how one night they were having an argument they were, the you know they were having paranormal activity in the house and that the boathouse had a garage door and the garage door was just slamming up and down and up and down and up and down oh, and up that's and down bad too so they ran outside daniel ran outside kathy and george ran outside to try to get the door to stop and when they looked up into the the window missy was standing at a bedroom window looking out at them and the demon pig was standing behind her oh fuck that right oh shit so they run as fast as they can back into the house to try to see what the fuck is going on in this room and they find that missy is fast asleep in her bed the demon pig is nowhere to be found but that the small rocking chair in her room is rocking back and forth all on its own. Bitch, what the fuck? I know. Oh my god, Annabelle! I don't know. Covering her face with I, her shirt. I know. The Jesus. hairs on my arms are standing Holy up. The hair in my, the hair from my beard is standing up. Isn't that the scariest shit? Oh Why would god. you stay? I don't give a fuck. <clears throat> I would be gone so fast. Oh my! That would god. be it for me. Sorry, demon pig. I'm gone. 
I'd be so curious to see what happened if I stayed, though. Oh, well. Oh, my God. And I'm so excited to see what happens. And again, like I said, George had it the worst. George would wake up to the sound of the front door slamming. He'd go downstairs. Doors (laughs) not open. Dogs fast asleep on the hearth. You know, nothing. He would hear what he thought was, like, music coming from, like, a clock radio. He would hear noises from downstairs. He realized at some point that he bore a strong resemblance to Ronald DeFeo Jr. And began drinking at the same bar where Ronnie used to hang out. Oh, no. Uh, One time when they were closing Missy's window, Kathy was there and she was like, who opened your window? And she's like, oh, Jody Jody went out that window. And she's like, well, you need to close that window because it's really cold in your room. And when she closed the window, the glowing red eyes were right on the other side of the window. Son of a bitch. Right? Oh, my God. That's so spooky. One time when Kathy was in bed, she started getting red welts on her chest just out of nowhere one time george letts woke up and he turned over and kathy was levitating two feet above the bed in her sleep no um they reported that locks doors and windows in the house were damaged by unseen force like they were just ripped off their hinges the locks were bent and stuff like that also they reported that they saw huge cloven hoof prints in the snow one time leading around their house oh i'm not about that i know i know it's just worse they had ectoplasm coming out of the walls they had a a 12 inch crucifix on the wall that started spinning and revolving and it turned itself upside down and started smelling like like human piss oh my god right i mean it just goes on and on this whole china lion there's they would talk about how they had this 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 chinese lion kind of like you see outside of like a buffet place mm-hmm. and that it moved from like the bedroom upstairs the get out room and it moved down down into the living room somehow and then when they try to move it that george had bite marks on his ankle oh no also george at one point saw kathy transform into an old 90 year old woman out of nowhere just like her face went old like a snapchat filter like a snapchat filter gross missy would sing all the time in her room songs that she didn't know songs that there was no way that she would know that's real weird i'm not mm-hmm. about that but also i'm kind of just imagining like because wh- what time period was this this was in 1975 yeah in this in 75 so you were like songs that she would never know so i'm having this image of this daisy daisy no, no, no. i'm seeing like a little girl in the 70s singing rihanna at the top do. of her lungs oh right or like kesha it's like what is she singing no way of knowing she's these, like these real. let's get it started in here let's get it started in here yeah or, what's know. a j-lo song do you know any j-lo songs <laughs> Annabelle. Oh God, she hates Jennifer. Jennifer Lopez. What do you have against Jennifer Lopez? Let's talk about this for a minute. I hate her. Why do you hate her? I hate her face. I hate how she's always in the Nickelodeon Choice Awards, but she's been irrelevant to that generation for years. <laughs> so it doesn't make any... What, what the hell is J-Lo doing at the Nick Choice Awards? There's no reason. That's got to be the title of our episode what the hell is j-lo doing here (laughs) literally she just shows up to things and i'm like you don't get to do that i don't care if we ever get back to the amityville house i need to i need to ask you a very important question and if you answer it incorrectly i'm getting up and i'm walking out of this house i'm never coming back in here the movie selena i haven't seen it you've not seen it i'm gonna go home and get the copy that i have at my house (laughs) Shit. And we're gonna watch this movie, you mean and you're gonna love it. God damn it! You're gonna Selena, and I'll give you. Yeah. play Selena. I'm not about it. Yes. No. Are you serious right no. now? 
I'm not gonna watch. You don't know this? I didn't know that. They got Jennifer Lopez. This was her breakout role. Damn. She played Selena Quintanilla Perez. Anything for Salinas. It's actually not that bad of a movie. No, I don't care about it. it's a great care movie. About her oh my she god! Oh my god! What is what did Jennifer Lopez ever do to you? Oh my god! All right, forget you. Yeah, whatever. I'll cut out her name. The way you feel about J Lo is the way I feel about one of our coworkers. I have a lot of coworkers. I feel like that about two of them are sitting right here. That's right. Back to the back to the Lutzes. By the time January 1976 comes around, they try to perform another blessing in the house. Um, they reported that they held a silver crucifix and tried to recite the Lord's Prayer, and that they heard a chorus of voices telling them, "Will you stop?" Oh my God! Um, Mid January 1976, they had an experience one night that they still don't talk about. None of them talk about that was so frightening that they they didn't even pack any of their stuff. They left in the middle of the night and never went back to the house. Jesus! But they didn't talk about it. They never. So we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. God damn it! Not even Danny Lutz talks about it. God damn it! He changed. And if I remember correctly, because I haven't seen them, I haven't seen that documentary in probably over a year now. But I think he changed his name because one of those one of the things he's he's deeply resentful of his stepfather George Lutz and one of the things that he talks about was that when his mom and his stepdad got married he says that he was forced to take his stepfather's name so he didn't like that I don't know Okay, so back to the My My Amityville Horror documentary, which is just so good. Um, Danny Lutz talks about how he feels like all of the paranormal, all of the deeply sinister paranormal activity was centered around his, his stepfather, George. He talks about how he saw his stepfather possessed. He feels like he himself was possessed. He talks about how he saw his stepfather demonstrate some telekinetic abilities while they were in the house. What? Exactly. Oh my god, that bitch had Phoenix Force. Right? So, investigations. Lit. Right? In March of 76, Ed and Lorraine Warren, our favorite people in the whole world. I know. They were a part of this? Oh, they were. What if they do that for the next Conjuring movie? Oh my it's Jesus Amityville horror in the Conjuring universe. I know. We'll see that. I would kill for that. Like if I saw what's his name, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. I would just have to call him Ed Warren like the entire time. I'd be like, look, look, I'll pay you a million dollars if you just stay in character. A million dollars. A million dollars that I don't have. I I'll love get it Patrick to you. Wilson though. Yeah. What a good actor. So they went with a team of paranormal investigators through the house in in seventy in nineteen seventy six in March, and one of the things that they saw oh you've got to see it pull it up pull up pull up Amityville house ghost Amityville house ghost mm-hmm. staircase okay. ghost and show Annabelle it's gonna scare the shit out of you Annabelle one of the most important things about this is I'm just gonna get right to it Ed Warren was a demonologist Lorraine Warren was a medium a psychic medium now Ed Warren has since passed away Lorraine Warren is still alive in the my Amityville horror documentary Daniel Lutz don't show it to her yet let me finish my story Daniel Lutz talks about that investigation and they go and talk to Lorraine Warren and they ask her, what did you feel when you were going through the house? And she says, oh, I saw a room and there were so many shadow people in the room that it was just like the room was dark and they were just looking at me oh, with Jesus. their intense red eyes. And they say, do you have any idea why this house may have just been so haunted or why was it so affected? And she says, this is the most important part of this entire thing. This is the thing that I believe in the most because it comes from her. She says, Someone in that home who lived in that home had been practicing ritual magic and they opened up a gateway. Oh, shit. Exactly. 
And one of the things that Daniel Lutz says about his stepfather, George Lutz, was that he had dabbled in the occult before, and he was very interested in the occult during the time that they lived there. So, I think that he opened something up there that he should not have. Oh, shit. Exactly. And it just happens to be that's one of those places. All right, right. Annabelle, are you ready to be scared? I need you to come over here for a second so you can look at this picture. And we can get her reaction. And I need your reaction up close. They had had somebody who was taking photos. They were taking photos in the house as they were walking through the house. Look up Amityville House Staircase, and you will find this picture. And this is what Annabelle's reacting to. Ew, what's that thing in the background? What what about that? It's just a kid. That kid wasn't there when they took the picture. Ew! That's not one of the children. No, that wasn't that's one of the. Not one of the children. You know who? You know who that child? You know who that child looks like? Who? One of the DeFeo children, who was <gasps> killed in the house. It's one of the DeFeo kids. Are you kidding me? I'm not. No. There's I'm like not. weird eyes looking like above him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that's, that's what weird. The, I thought that was what the thing was. It looks like it's like a chipmunk because you can see like. The teeth and the cheeks and, like, two little eyes. Yeah, that's weird above it, but no, that kid was not there. That's one of the DeFeo kids. Ew, and this one zooms in on Who had been murdered. Yeah, if you keep... Oh, my God. This one has a picture of Ghost Boy right next to Mm -hmm. John DeFeo. And don't they look look the same? That's the same fucking kid. Ew, demons can do that? Demons can do whatever they want, home dog. In that house, they can. Isn't it scary? It's I don't so like that. I thought that was like, oh, it was just a kid in the picture. No. no. There were no children. The problem is there, there were was no, no kid in the There were picture. no children in the home at the time of that investigation. When Ed and Lorraine Warren were there and when the other demonologists were there and the other paranormal investigators and psychics were there. There were no children in the house. Yes, it was so scary. Okay, so because this has so been so well documented and because so many people have dabbled in it and gone to the house, there's a lot of criticism about the Amityville story. George Lutz always maintained, even years afterwards, that most of what happened in the book had actually happened. Um, he denied any dishonesty. Um, they took polygraph tests in 79, George and Kathy did, and the polygraphs did not indicate that they were lying. Some of the other uh, investigators and researchers talked about, you know, they would pick apart certain parts of the story. For instance, when they talked about how doors had been ripped off their hinges, the homeowners that came in after them talked about how there were no paranormal experiences for them, that the um, that none of the original hardware, that the doors and the door locks weren't torn apart, that they hadn't had to be restored, that it was all original hardware. Hmm. So they were like, no, that that's not true. Another one was that when the police went back and when the police went back and other people went back and did research, when they talked about those cloven hoof footprints in the snow, it hadn't snowed on that day that they said that it had. Hmm. So, but I don't know. I mean, you know, at the same time, it's like there weren't in, there was no reason for there to be flies in that room in the middle of the winter. That's true, too. So, I, mean, I mean, yeah, maybe not everything that happened was true, but a lot of what happened may still have been. And regardless, it's horrifying. Right. Exactly. Now, the DeFeos um, had an attorney that sued them for a while. And they countersued and the suit, you know, the, the, the lawsuits went back and forth and they talked about how they had planted the story. Or they had planned on planting the story for years before. But I still think that it's true. There's just too much to it. Now, um, one of the most one of the creepiest experiences out of that Miamiville horror that Danny Lutz talks about mm-hmm. is that at one point, one of the windows would not. They were trying to close one of the windows. because It was so cold in this room and they couldn't get the window to come down. And he had his hands on the windowsill, and the window 
slammed down on his fingers as hard as it could that it just basically flattened him. Oh my god, I remember what you're talking about. So he's screaming in so much pain and his mom is yelling and she picks him up and she takes him down to the kitchen and she's going to call like an ambulance or something like that and they look up and there's an apparition of a person, of a man in the kitchen with them sitting at the table with them no and then they look back and he's gone and then when he looks down at his hands his hands are back to normal no shit yes oh my god isn't that horrible oh wow okay then they were only in the house about that i know they were only in the house like 28 days and all of this happened to him even if only half of it is true that's still enough that you'd be like, why would you even stay? Yeah, I mean, even if only the thing about the hands, or only the thing about, you know, the demon pig. Oh, the true. demon pig, for sure. I'm, I would, I'm gone. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's why I don't look in mirrors in the middle of the night. No. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, God damn it, why did I just wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning? No, yeah. If I'm up at 3 and it's like, I gotta go pee, I don't turn on any lights. No. Because as soon as I step out of my room, there's one of those tall, like, full-body mirrors. Oh, there is? Yeah. There's a mirror in my room, there's that full-body mirror, and then there's the big mirror in the bathroom. So I don't turn on any lights. No, because I, I don't want to see anything cool. behind me. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. People always talk about why would you stay in the house, but where are they going to go? They've just spent all their money to try to get into yeah, this house. Yeah, we've talked about this before, and we will continue to talk about we this. We will continue to talk if about this. If you get this. a good deal on a murder house, you can't move you've, anywhere else. Yeah, you you've a good just deal spent on a murder all house. your money. You don't have any extra money left over for anything. Exactly. exactly. Moving is expensive. Very expensive. And if you go with the murder house deal... Chances are you don't have a whole bunch of money to shove off to other things. To begin with, because you're not going to be like, oh, do I need to move into this house for a discount because people because a family was murdered there? Or do I have an extra $120,000 to get the non-murdered house? I mean, granted, I would like to live in a murder house, but that's just me. Absolutely not. I totally would. I don't want to live in a house where someone had an ingrown toenail before I moved in there. <laughs> I don't even want that much negative energy in the house. Oh, no. I want something where, like... They went through and just butchered the Actually, family. I can't get away from paranormal activity. I really can't. No. When we moved here to this town, we found a house where a child had drowned in the pool, and they had taken the pool, the whole, the whole fiberglass pool out, and it was just a slab around and then dirt filled in. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Good thing, you know, we had a blessing performed at the house. Because we never saw anything. And you know what's funny is I've talked about my older brother being an asshole, first yeah. of all. he's First of all, he's an asshole. Second of all, he denies any paranormal activity and doesn't believe any of it. When we finally moved out of that house and we finally, we finally sold it and everything, I was the last person to move out. This was only like maybe 20 years ago. And he had already moved out. And he says, you're going to stay one last night here? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, because I, I wasn't ready. You know, I couldn't move into the apartment where I was moving. He goes, well, say hi to the little drowned kid. Yeah. Out of nowhere. I was like, thanks a lot, motherfucker. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you see a dead child? I did not see anything. Damn it. Because I did not stay in that house. I went to I went to where my parents lived. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> That's all it took. Pussy. I slept on the couch. Oh, my God. <laughs> the place where my, at, the, at my parents' new house. I was oh not going to stay there by myself. No was yeah so that's that that's the story right there i had plenty of other things to talk about but i feel like i've just chewed up so much of our time i mean yeah but you always do so it's cool is that what i do is it no eh. 
if you say so. I'm kidding. So, Amityville, that was horrifying. It was, wasn't it good? It was real good. All right, what's your topic? So, this one, I think everybody is in for a treat. I'm going to premise this by saying there's not a whole lot of history on this place, just because you can't find a whole lot of history. That's okay. But I'm going to talk about the Jefferson Hotel. (gasps) In Jefferson, Texas. Oh my god, yes. Spoiler alert, this is the hotel where I stayed with a group of friends and had some experiences. (laughs) Experiences. I had some experiences. I woke up and my pants were down. Like those kinds of experiences? No, not like your childhood. No, not at all. Yeah, no. But we're talking about Jefferson, the historic Jefferson Hotel. The historically, extremely haunted Jefferson Hotel. The entire town of Jefferson is rumored to be haunted because that whole town is all like antique stuff. There's modern things that have been built like around the outskirts of it. Do they have a Sonic? Do Do they have have a Walmart? No, they don't have Sonic or Walmart. The closest thing they have to those, or at least not like there. Wait, this is Texas. Do they have a Dairy Queen? Not near there. Jesus Christ, that is really just primitive. It's, it's a six and a half hour drive from here to there. Okay. And it is out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of close to Louisiana. Like, we saw signs for uh, Shreveport and stuff like that. Got it. But it is northeast? Yeah. East Texas? <laughs> if you want to get to Louisiana, yeah, you need to move northeast from where yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm smart. Anyway, it's in northeast Texas. So the town itself is super old and super haunted. But the hotel, the one that we're focusing on right now, was originally, of course, built on an ancient Indian site. Is that true or not? No, that's... Everybody likes to talk about Indian burial grounds, but I need to see some... No, no this is true. It was built on a... Cato Indian Reserve, which was a bunch of different Indian tribes that had gotten together. It's kind of like a peaceful area for them. Like Wakanda. Like Wakanda. There you go. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Alright. Okay. <laughs> dorks. Anyway, so that's where they started with the building. And in 1851, when it started, it was a cotton warehouse. Then it evolved in the 1870s. It turned into a restaurant. Fun fact, the restaurant is still there and active. You get to see that when you go in. It was a restaurant and a laundromat downstairs. And then the upstairs was a brothel. Of course it was. Of course it was. And it was like right at the turn of the 1900s. It went from being a brothel into turning into a hotel. The laundromat and the restaurant stayed downstairs. But the upstairs was now a hotel. Um, it When it became a hotel it also had like a club area set in it was called the crystal palace and it was really popular in the 1920s the roaring 20s crystal palace got it crystal palace the town itself was really popular as a steamboat town people would pass through on the river that's near there and stop in there you know to stay to party to get jiggy with it as the kids would say (laughs) get jiggy with it um In the hotel, there are for sure seven ghosts that have been seen very frequently, but supposedly each room has its own ghost, save for like one or two. Jesus Christ. Yes. So one of the ghosts, her name is Elizabeth. She is a bride. She was pregnant at the time, really early 1900s or late 1800s. Right. She was a pregnant bride-to-be, so she was engaged. She was staying in a room, and she got a message that her fiancé was not going to show up to the wedding, that he left. Right. So she hanged herself from the headboard. Oh, my Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
And it sounds weird because when we think of headboards now, they're like, you know, maybe three or four feet. They're not that tall. But these headboards, this one was over 12 feet tall. So she was able to completely hang herself. Fun fact, that headboard is now in room 19 and it's the original one. It's for real still there. So you can you can stay in this room. Yeah, you can stay in this room you and you can sleep in the bed frame that has the headboard. And when we went in there, because the rooms we rented were room 19, which is the most haunted, and room 17. Because that was the one, another one close to it. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on. Why would you willingly stay in that room, Dylan? I wanted oh to so God. bad. Oh, Lord. I don't think I could ever. St- I think that I would be able to go with you. But I think, uh, is there any other hotel in this, r- in this place? I would rather sleep in the car. There was. A, I will I sleep like in the, the car, Black Swan my friend. Or something near it. Is there a campground? There are campgrounds. Yeah. I'll sleep on the on the ground in a lean-to tent before I stay in room 19. It's apparently very common for people to leave their room and then end up sleeping in the lobby in, like, the couches and stuff that they have downstairs because they get too scared. Too scared to sleep, Too for scared sure. to sleep. You right. Oh, my. I, I wonder if anybody's so morbid that they smush in that room. Okay, given the opportunity, I 100% would. So, anyway, room 19, that headboard is still in there. And it's really creepy because the headboard, it's like right up against a wall, but the headboard leans away from the wall, you know, like something would if you were to put a heavy weight on it. Right. And, you know, like, like a 100 pound woman. Yeah. So that's weird. The headboard itself is beautiful. It's super nice. And you showed me a tall. picture of it. Yeah, I did. Um, I've got some pictures. I should probably post those. You probably should. Yeah. So that was one of them. That her name was Elizabeth, the one that hanged herself there. Got it. In 1912, there was another bride-to-be. Her name was Lydia, and she hanged herself from a chandelier when she was also stood up by her fiancé. So this is just a popular pra- place for bride-to-bes to kill themselves. Why, what is wrong with these guys that they're doing this to people? I don't know, but if you're ever, like, Annabelle, if you guys ever get married and he says, hey, we should stay at the Jefferson Hotel, don't trust it. Don't trust that man. Don't trust that man's. Don't do it. Don't go there. So there was another woman, and I don't remember if she was... We're on woman number three? We're on woman number three. I don't remember if she was a bride or not, but she was just a woman. She was in room 19, of course. She was in the bathtub... And she tried to kill herself. She tried to do this by slitting her throat and stabbing herself in the chest. No. When she did it, though, she missed where she tried to hit. Oh, man. So she cut her throat to where she couldn't talk or make any noise. And she stabbed herself, but it wasn't in the right spot. She spent two days in that bathtub, bleeding out, unable to move or call for help or anything. That's horrific. Two whole days bleeding out in a bathtub, not being able to do anything. And that was in room 19. And then you, being the dumb piece of shit you are, stayed in that room. Yes. That's a great idea. That's a spectacular idea. And now I'm in the same room with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Another one of the ghosts that's really popular is, and this is a creepy one because the people that work there... And a whole bunch of different guests have all recorded seeing the same man with the same general description. He is a t- 
tall ghost man with a long jacket and his pants tucked into his boots. Got it. And that's a weird detail that everybody notices about this guy. And he will wander around the hallways, and if you go to follow him and, like, turn a corner or something, he'll vanish. Right. So... And that's something we've heard another we've heard another popular podcast, is where the ghost does not follow the current floor plan of a building. Yeah, they follow the floor plan that they died in. Right. So, like, when you see ghosts that walk through walls and stuff, it's just because they're following the path that they knew when they were alive. Right. It might be an echo. Yeah. But this guy, if you follow him, he just vanishes or just won't show up. So I don't know if it's him, like, going through walls. I'm sure he probably does because he's a ghost and he can do whatever he wants. He can do that if he wants to. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Pants tucked into his boots. I like that. We see people like that all the time here in Texas. We do. But we don't see ghost people doing it. No. And it's weird because there is no known history about him. Nobody knows his name. You know, nobody knows any details about that. There are no, like, famous stories about men with pants tucked into the boots or anything right so it's just weird he's just chilling and okay here's another creepy one oh god several ghost children they stick mainly to the first floor just stop me just stop it right now no no i don't need ghost children in my life ghost children they like to play pranks on people they like to hide objects switch lights on and off I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight to be, like if you want them to be off I can't turn sleep them on. I can't sleep this is it that's the point of stay the, up all that's night that's the point of the podcast oh god so you know what I'm going to do I'm going to go to Planet Fitness and I'm just going to stay on a treadmill all night because I won't be able to sleep <laughs> go at 3am and then watch all the lights flicker <laughs> because and I have children I have children in my house I know who like to get up in the middle of the night and walk around and do weird children and shit. the stupid fucking cats too that's true hashtag relatable memes exactly anyway so there are ghost children and they'll like to play around with things there have been some people that have brought toys for the kids to play with and you'll see the toys moving around like the children are playing with the toys in the room in the same room you're in no not in room 19 this is they stick to the lower floors room 19 is the second story okay so we could we could take like a jack-in-the-box yeah god that would be horrifying jack-in-the-boxes are horrifying as it is yeah they're creepy as hell anyway But there is recorded for sure a seven-year-old girl and an eight-year-old boy, and they will whisper and giggle. Jesus Christ. Tug on people's hair to get their attention. They will tug on your pants or on your sleeves if you're wearing long sleeves. Um, They will mess with the lights, so they'll turn things on and off. They'll move doors around. They'll play with toys if they're brought them. But if you yell at the kids or if you basically... Tell them to stop. Yeah, if you tell them to stop... They'll stop and they'll fix whatever they did. So, like, if they if you turn the lights off and they turn it on and you say, "Okay, you need to stop," the lights will turn back to what you wanted them to be, and they'll they'll quit. That's even scarier than anything else. Is that they because respond? They, they respond. Yes, no, they I'm, undo what they did. I'm not. I'm not sure stop. I'm going to be a very good paranormal investigator because this scares the shit out of me. Good. This is perfect. Okay, so something that I got to look through when I was there, and I was really excited to look through it. It's a series of binders that they just refer to as the Book of Dead or the Book of the Dead, where people will write in or type up their experiences that they had, and they'll give it to the front desk. Front desk will laminate it, and they put all of these together. So it's actual, like... Why is this not online? I don't know. 
but it's from the guests and from the employees. Oh, and sometimes they have pictures that they put in, too. Stop it right now. No, I'm not kidding. And we got to flip through them, and we got to read some of them and see some of the pictures. And it was the coolest thing. There was, like, four or five binders. And, I mean, most of them were full. We didn't go through all of them, but we read through a bunch of them. So, looking through their experiences... And I'm going to talk about what happened to me at the very end of this, because I want to save my stuff for the end. I'm really, I really am very keyed up right now. Good. Um, so reading through their experiences, some of the really popular things are when you go to take a shower, the mirror, there's writing in steam. Um, what, is the, what does the writing say? Get out. Oh, God damn it. Also says help sometimes. Stop it with the help. The help. What happens if you? Door. What happens if you wipe it off and there's someone behind you in the shower? Oh my Jesus, god! Mother oh, god! Geez, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm just. This is where my mind goes. This is I why know. I can't sleep. I know. Okay, no, but here's one of the weirdest fucking parts about this: is there are people that have recorded where, you know, usually you take a shower, the mirror fogs up, and then like somebody move their finger through the fog to write help or get out. The creepiest one I've heard was when nothing on the mirror fogs up except the word help. Oh no! So the rest of the mirror is totally clear. And help is in fog. In fog on the mirror. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Oh my god, it's real weird. Another one that was pretty popular was a little girl. Another little girl, but different than the ones downstairs. Got it. This one, there have been people that have woken up and had her sitting. Stop. On their bed. Stop it. At the foot of their stop bed. Stop it. Just stop. One of the stories in there was that this guy woke up and there was a little girl sitting on the foot of his bed. She said her name was Sarah. It was her birthday. Shut your goddamn mouth. And she faded away right in front of him. Shut your goddamn mouth. Yeah, dude. No. Other really common things are feeling like you're getting touched or talked to in the middle of the night. People will feel the bed move as if somebody's sitting on it Mm -hmm. or walking near you. Mm -hmm. People hear orchestra music that will come from empty rooms. The smell of cigar smoke is really popular, even though smoking is not allowed in there. Okay. Um, you can smoke in the back porch area, but like all the doors have to be closed so that you can't get it in there. Faucets will turn on and off. The ghost children are really common. Creaking floors and steps. Phantom figures or phantom people that will walk around or like shadow figures that will sit on the bed. Oh, no. Shadow figures. No. Shadow figures that will watch you like you while you sleep. I'm like done. Sleep paralysis. I'm done. I'm done. I'm no, done. No, you're not. You have to stop. A lot of orbs in pictures. Okay. Windows and doors will open and close at random. Clanging from empty rooms as if furniture is getting moved around mm-hmm. or pots and pans. This one's real weird. When you go in there, there's like the main area. There's the lobby and then if you're facing the front desk when you right when you walk in the desk is on the right and on the left is the staircase and between them there's an opening there there's a hallway that goes down okay and that leads to the back entrance where you can go out to smoke or you know there's a parking lot and shit back there right when you walk past the desk there's a payphone that's kind of like in this alcove in the wall okay and it's super old-fashioned and it doesn't really work like you can pick it up and hear like the dial tone but we tried calling people and it didn't really go through or anything it just didn't work that payphone will start ringing at random of course it will yeah and you go to answer it and there's nothing there 
or it sounds like somebody just hangs up right away or you just pick it up and there's silence yeah it's real weird like i said the scratching and banging like furniture's being moved around or you know things are getting moved around in the rooms sudden like drastic temperature drops so okay. you'll you know it's texas it's hot it's real hot. It's an old building, so the AC works, but not great. But you'll go through like a patch where you're just cold all of a sudden. Right. Um, let's see. Like I said, room 19 is the most haunted. And one of this one's going to be fun for you. One of the weirdest stories that I heard about it was in room 19. No, don't you dare cover your ears. Okay. I need I'm, you to pay attention. I'm ready. I'm ready. I need you this to is like this is like when you know you're gonna get a shot yeah and you just you're trying to grin and bear it only this time the shot is in room 19 there was a guest that was laying in bed and they saw light from outside their door no and they saw shadows moving back and forth like people were walking around in front of it okay when there weren't supposed to be people there then the shadow figures went under the door god damn it no <laughs> they basically slithered God. under the door, came up in the room, touched the man's leg oh. while he was in bed. Oh, Jesus, son of God, protect me. Stroked his leg. Stroked his leg? Stroked his leg. I'm not into that guy. Hey, I respect you, demon, but I'm not into that. Yeah. We need some boundaries. Shadow figures are creepy enough when they're walking back and forth, but then it slithers under the door, gets in and touches you. Annabelle's got goosebumps. We need yes. a safe word in this. We need a safe word in this story. You don't get a safe word in this story. <gasps> Dylan, Dylan, how do you expect me to be able to go to sleep tonight with these I stories? I don't. That's, that's the point. So that's, that's some of the big stuff that's happened there. Now I'm going to get into what happened to me and my friends. Yeah, let's talk about the dumb shit you did when you were there. Let's talk about the dumb shit I did when I was there. All right, I love it. I've been so excited to tell this story. I know, I know, I'm ready. So, me and some of my friends, and I'm going to give them a little shout out here. It was me, Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes. Yes, I love that gal. Danny, Desiree, Megan, Cade, and Grace. God, that's a lot of names. Yeah, it is. Cade and Grace are a couple, so they they stayed in room 19 together for the first night, because we stayed there two nights, I think. Yeah, two nights and three days. Um, so they stayed in room 19 together for the first night, and then me and Mercedes and Danny and Desiree and Megan all stayed in room 17 for the first night. Okay. So when we got there... It seemed really cool. The town was super beautiful, by the way. So many antique shops. It was just a really great place. But we're not here to talk about how great that town is. We're here to talk about the spooky shit. Let's talk about spooky shit. So, right off the bat, we heard creaking and stuff. Like, the stairway is super creaky. And the floor upstairs is real old. And you can hear all sorts of squeaks and stuff when you walk. The cool part about it was the first night we were there, there was nobody else in the hotel. It was only us. Even front desk... They were like, yeah, we don't have anybody else scheduled to be here tonight, so I'm going to go. And the manager left at like two or three. Just locked you out. Locked you in. No, she gave us the door codes so we can get in and out. Oh, that's right. But yeah, she, that's she like pieced the, the fuck out. That's like the, um, that's like the second act of a slasher movie. You're right. You're right, it is. That really is. All right, so we got there. First night, we saw under the, like when we had the door closed, there was the light out in the hallway. It looked like people walked back and forth in front of the door a couple times. We heard creaking noises, like people were walking around. We had lights turn on and off at random. And like we would, in our room, there was the main light up above. 
there was a lamp, and there was the bathroom and the closet light. We didn't go into the closet. I wouldn't. No. Just Did you keep all the lights on? I would have kept all those goddamn lights on. Well, they would change when we would leave. So we would go to go out of the room, and we would have, you know, only the above light on. Right, the top light. Yeah, the top light. We would have only that one on. We would leave, and we would come back, and that one would be turned off, and one of the others would be turned on. Or it happened a couple times where we had, like, just the lamp on... And we came back, and every light except the lamp light was on. That's intense. Mm-hmm. And that happened a lot. And we heard lots of weird noises, saw lots of, like, you know, a lot of it was probably just us being paranoid. Yeah, so lights would switch all the time. That happened a lot. We lost some of our stuff for a little while, and then, like, next day we found it. Right. In a place we knew we checked, you know, mm-hmm. like, right on top of the dresser. So, my friend Megan, who was there, she told us that when she got up on the first night to go to the bathroom, the bathroom door was closed, and it was at kind of a weird angle. It was just off enough where you had to kind of push into it to get it open. It was kind of snug up against the wall, and she said she got up to go to the bathroom, and the door just opened right in front of her. Oh, no. Like, smoothly opened. Real weird. But she was tired, and she was like, whatever, I just gotta pee. I'm just gonna go pee. (laughs) So... She did. She got back into bed. When we woke up that next morning, Mercedes was talking to me, and she had told me that she... Because she and I shared a bed, and Danny and Desiree shared a bed, and then Megan slept, like, on the floor. No, I would not sleep on the floor. I know, that poor girl. I would want to sleep in the middle of somebody. I don't know why she didn't. I don't care what's going on. Yeah, because those beds, there's space under there. I would be so scared of seeing something like slither towards slither you towards me. Yes. Or like you look over and you see, f- you see feet on the other side of the bed. Oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. And then they start walking towards you. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm sleeping in the car. Or you look over and under the bed, you just see eyes. Stop. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> son of God, please protect me tonight. Okay. No, that none of that happened. No, but anyway, So me and Mercedes were in the bed, Danny and Desiree were in the bed, Megan was on the floor. Everybody was asleep, but when we got up that morning, Mercedes was talking to me and she was like, were you talking to me last night, like, after everybody else went to bed? And I was like, no, I actually went to sleep pretty quickly, like, I slept pretty well there. And she's like, that's really weird because it sounded like people were still talking in the room. Like, I had my eyes closed because I was trying to go to bed, but it sounded like people were still talking in there. She heard, like, muffled voices. Yes. She's like, I couldn't understand what they were saying, but it just sounded like people were still talking. I was like, no, dude, I wasn't for sure. And she's like, it sounded real close to me. Oh, Jesus. I was like, oh, boy, that's super cool. So that that next day, um, you know, we went out and did our usual stuff but we went down into the lobby and we read through some of the books and the manager was going through their lost and found and just getting rid of stuff okay she offered us some stuff she gave us apparently some people like last year bought an actual tape recorder with a tall microphone and a like brand new tape inside and a brand new tape outside of it so there were two tapes in this recorder and she offered it to us 
So we took it and we thought, hey, this would be cool. Let's set it up in room 19. So we got it put up in there. We tested it real quick just to make sure that it would record our voices. It did. It worked fine. We set it up in there. We left to go watch a movie. We came back and we listened through the tape. In the tape, it was totally quiet in the beginning. The only thing you could hear was like the background AC noise. Got it. Then there were a couple times when all sound would stop. Like you couldn't hear the AC noise anymore. And there was just this weird like low rumble kind of like growl scratch thing. Okay. And it would just be there for like a second and then go back to normal AC background noise. We heard in the tapes lots of furniture being moved inside of the room, dragging noises, scratching, bumping. Uh, We heard footsteps, all sorts of really weird stuff, but it was all little things. And that like where all the sounds stopped except for that weird low rumble happened a couple times and those were real fast. That was weird. That was pretty spooky. But of course we thought not spooky enough. Right. Let's double down on this. Let's go balls deep into the spook factor. So I went out to my truck and I grabbed my trusty Ouija board. A used Ouija board. A used Ouija board. I've used it at my school, which was also haunted. So we brought, we brought the Ouija board in at night. It was not 3 a.m., but it was it was later in the day. And it was just me, Danny, Desiree, and Megan that sat down to use the board because everybody else was like, no, miss me with that spooky shit so we all sat in the room and i went over like i looked up the list of rules a little earlier and i went over the rules with them i was like okay you know you have to go into it with a positive mind frame don't make a joke of this you know don't ask things like do you hate us or do you want to kill us um if you see it moving from z to o or stop z to stop, a, stop 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 i'm gonna stop you there let's stop let's we know we know where we're going with that let's not do that tonight no, I'm, I'm just saying, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Let's, let's no, talk no, no. around that part of it. No, no, no. You have to get the full experience. <laughs> if it goes from Z to O or Z to A, that's bad news. If it starts moving in like figure eights or like uh, infinity, the infinity sign, basically. Or counting down. Yeah, that's bad. Or counting down. The thing is, I forgot about counting down at the time, and I didn't tell them about that. Okay. And I was the only one there that looked up the rules. See, this is this is the third act of the slasher movie. This is the third act. So we used the Ouija board. We opened it up. We, you know, wanted to see if there was any spirits there. We all lightly put our fingers on the planchette and asked, is there anyone here? Mm-hmm. It took... 30, 45 seconds before it actually started moving. We didn't think anyone think anything was going to happen. Right. It started inching across the board. And of course, you know, we were all like, oh, okay, who's pushing it? Who's screwing around with it? And like lifting up our fingers a little bit, you know, showing we weren't putting any pressure down. But it was still like inching towards it. And then it got closer to yes and it stopped. And we were like, okay, it looks like it's maybe trying to go to yes. But, you know, still obviously thinking somebody was screwing around. We had, you know, the planchette's basically like a triangle. Yes. We had our fingers on the bottom of it. And then, like, it was me and I think Megan had it on the bottom. And then Danny and Desiree had it on the sides. But nobody was touching the tip of it. Okay. Then all of a sudden, it pivoted. Like, the tip of it was being pushed down in place. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the body of the planchette rotated rotated onto the word yes and it was not in a position where we could have moved it like that right exactly unless all of us were working together and like they were holding in place and me and me were pushing it at just the right speed for it to stay perfectly centered and then just pivots onto yes 
So that was weird. And we were like, oh shit, that's actually pretty cool. So we asked, um, how many spirits are here? And then it took like a minute or two and it's as it was moving towards the numbers, it got down to number four. So we're like, oh, okay, cool. There's four of them here. We started asking some other questions like, what's your name? Just things like that. But it wasn't moving at all. Like it wasn't doing anything. So we were like, oh, okay. Maybe it's just confused because there's four of them. Maybe we need to specify. And then the planchette moved over to three. God. And we're like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, maybe one of them left or something. And then, and it was like a minute or two between it moving from the four down to the three. And then faster than it went from four to three, it went from three to two. That's not good. So it's done four, three, two. No, stop it. And then I stopped it. I went, okay, we'd like to thank you for your time and we wish you goodbye and I moved the planchette over the words goodbye and they were like dude what are you doing like why did you do that I was like I totally realized I forgot to tell you guys counting down is also bad news like that's really not good they didn't know anything about that right I was like obviously I was not the one doing it and it didn't feel like force came from any one position it felt like the planchette was just moving I have all the goosebumps right now I know I know you do I know I have all the goosebumps and Annabelle doesn't even know Annabelle go ahead tell her I had the goosebumps, too. Tell her. Just don't say the name. There is a bad entity that is associated with Ouija boards. It's a demon. It's a demon. It's... He has a name, which you're not going to say. He has a name, which you shouldn't say. Never say. But it's very bad. That's what the Z to O or Z to A and the figure eights and the counting down are all reminiscent of. That's Um, him showing up. That's him showing up. You're familiar with the movie The Exorcist? Okay. Well, never mind. Never mind. Because it scares the shit out of you. You'll never sleep. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so that happened. And if you have a bad experience with a Ouija board, you're supposed to separate the planchette and the board. So I took the board and I got Cade to come with me because I was not about to go out there alone at night. (laughs) Of course not. And we went down there and we threw the board out in the dumpster. I took the planchette. I put it in my backpack and I threw that away back when I got home. Right. So that went into my home trash can. They were as far apart as I could make them. Exactly. So after that... You know, we were like, oh, man, that was so cool. We were kind of talking and coming down off the spook high. Right. And they were like, hey, guys, we've got another tape on this tape recorder. Why don't we see if we can talk to anything? So we all got into room 19. We sat in a circle and we set the tape up. We turned off all the lights except for the lamp. Oh, my God. Why? My friend Cade led it and he had kind of like a prayer thing that he said beforehand. It was just kind of kind of to invite or invoke spirits that were there. We set it up. Cade did that. He explained, you know, what we were going to do. We all asked a question. I don't remember exactly what the questions were, but as we went through, one of us asked a question and the lamplight flickered a lot. And then I noticed cuz I was facing the door in the circle and I saw something move around the door while we were recording we did the last question and then went back to Cade and he was like okay we're just gonna be quiet for a moment and leave this open if there's any messages that the spirits would like to communicate to us right now we're gonna give you some time and as he was finishing the last sentence I felt this huge pressure on my body like a depression kind of pressure it felt like my heart was getting tighter and my head was getting tighter And my body, like, we were all sitting down, and my body, I just, like, my head kind of fell down. My arms went to my side. I felt this horrible depression 
wave just come over me. Okay. And I literally had tears coming out of my face. Oh, like no. tears off of my eyes as soon as he was finished saying that. And, you know, I let it go for a minute and it stayed. It was continuous. And I went, Kate, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you what just happened. I explained what happened to him. Kate said, okay, we'd like to thank the spirits for their time. We turned it off. As soon as he turned it off, I went back to normal. That's insane. The weight was lifted. I went back to my resting normal level. You know, I wasn't crying anymore. It was fucking wild. And we stopped that and we were like, dude, what the hell? Like, everybody was like, Dylan, are you okay? Like, what happened? And, you know, we were going through and listening to the tape again. We heard some weird, like, staticky noises, but nothing too interesting. And then it sounded like the chairs outside of our door were being moved because there's chairs in the hallway to sit down. Okay. It sounded like they were being dragged around. And we opened the door and nothing had moved. There was nothing going on. So we shut the door again and we went back to listening and we heard it again. And then we opened it up and it looked like one of the chairs was angled differently than it was. Oh, Lord. And that's the gist of my experience at the historic Jefferson Hotel in Jefferson, Texas. You remember how earlier I said I would like to go there? Yes. I'm never going there. Oh, dude, you 100% should. I'm never going back there. You totally should. That's the... Oh, man. I told you we were hitting our stride, remember? Yes, you did. We're getting some good shit in it's this thing. It's some good shit. This was a good episode. Oh, I love I'm it. Excited I love to, it. I'm, I'm excited. I love it. I'm excited for be, Not to be that guy, but, you know, that's some good stuff. It's some real good stuff. I'm so excited. And there is a possibility we may be going back to Jefferson for a Halloween event that they do. Oh, that'd be great. Yes. Tell me all about it, because I'm never oh, I, going. I for sure will, if I can do it. I refuse. And it's going to be the main group of people that went last time. Right. Or actually, most of us. Some of us are off doing college things now. But right. yeah, so we're going to try and go again. And I will be sure to tell you everything they do. I'll try and pick up a Ouija board. No, thanks. Before I go. That's a terrible idea. That is a terrible idea. I may skip that part. But anyway, that was Jefferson, Texas. That was the Jefferson Hotel. <coughs> My personal experience. Oh my god, no, I totally forgot about one part of it. What is it? Me and Cade were walking downstairs to go throw away the Ouija board, and um, we were walking down the stairs, and all of a sudden it sounded like his girlfriend, Grace, was talking right behind me. Like, I distinctly heard her voice sounding like it came maybe two feet behind me. And I went, Cade, stop, stop what you're doing, stop moving. And I turned around and looked, and there was nobody else in the hallway. Room 19 is at the end of the hall, opposite of where we were at, which is, Grace was in room 19 at the time. Door was shut, she was in there, nothing had moved, so she obviously hadn't come out, but it sounded so much like her exact voice, her pitch and everything, were right behind me, talking to me. You think somebody was mimicking her voice? I think so. Because That's... that was, she has a distinct voice, and I've known her for five years, you know? I know her voice. That sounded like her right behind me. That's and terrifying. She was not there. No, never going. Sorry. Dude, I cannot wait to go again. I'm sure. Excellent. Excellent. Listen, we want to thank you for your time. We're on SoundCloud. We are working on getting to Google Play and iTunes. We have flyers up around mm. town locally. Yes. Follow us and look for us on Instagram and Facebook. And send us your scary stories. Please. Please. Yes. Please. We want to hear your scary stories. Too scared podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we're also hoping to uh, hopefully get a new mic sometime soon and team up with Midnight Paranormal Society. Absolutely. So look for us. We're out there, and we want to believe. Something like that. Oh, my God. No, that sounds stupid. We'll just cut that out. Yeah, we're going to cut that out. Well, I'm going to cut that out. All right. Well, Annabelle, anything? She's good. She's almost asleep. 
She is almost asleep and spooked. D- Dylan, any final words? Uh, no, I'm good for now. Okay. Well, I'm Jake, and on behalf of my friends, I hope that we have left you too scared to sleep. Because we sure as shit have left ourselves too scared to sleep. Hell yeah. I am not sleeping tonight. Good. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you, everybody. Patreon. I don't know what we're going to give away. I mean, like nudes and things like that. Oh my god, no. One of those shows. One of those cam shows. Oh my god. Not that I know anything about that. Yeah. (laughs) Annabelle's making a face. This is why you need a microphone. So that we can hear you throw up. Exactly. There you go. There you go, Annabelle. Just scream everything. That way we we can hear everything. We're so funny. Whip. Dylan, I think you would make a great cam girl. I agree. Yes. Do this dramatic ass hair flip. Oh, it's it because of your face. hair. That's right. I know. Rock yes. me, sexy Jesus. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, could, you know what I it could, could be? Jesus. What we need. Why didn't I think about this? We could raffle off tickets for a date with Post Malone, and then surprise, it's only Dylan. Son of a bitch. It's just me, but wouldn't with that Sharpie be hilarious? The tattoo. We could do the Sharpie tattoos. <laughs> I Sharpie tattoo my kids all the time. It's hilarious. Anyway, we might as well stop. I feel like we just banter and banter and banter because I'm thinking to myself, this will make the outtakes. This yeah. will make the outtakes. And it's like only... So you have to see your whole naked body? I'm not naked. Oh, Don't okay. make it weird. No, but I have to walk past well, you, that. You're, you're, you sleep in the nude when you're in my house. Oh, shut up. <laughs> People it's always only when talk- you're not in your bedroom. Yes. Just with your wife. Anyway... I'm not going to lie. I 100% would. I wouldn't be able to. I would to. love to. I would not be able to, let's say, maintain my vigor in that kind of <laughs> in that kind of an atmosphere. Can you imagine smushing in room 19 and then finding out that your wife or girlfriend is pregnant with the child that you had in the haunted hotel? Stop it. Stop. And then it comes no. out with no. the 666. No. <laughs> or maybe you're smush. We need to stop talking. About it. There's no way we can put this in the podcast. You're smushing in the room and you feel somebody's cold dead hand on your ass oh my god cupping your balls <laughs> can i join in oh my god you feel heavy breathing on the back of your neck i'm done because <laughs> <laughs> i know how much you love the breathing on you oh i fucking hate that i know you do cannot be the small spoon yeah 